Well, welcome to this inaugural episode of The Unhappy Christian. My name is Dr. Rick Peterson. I will be your host for these podcasts, and I'm delighted that you've joined me today. I suspect that you have joined me because the title resonates with you, The Unhappy Christian, which means that there's a good chance that you or someone close to you, or certainly at least an acquaintance, you know is unhappy, and that unhappiness is tied to their Christian experience. And that's the purpose of these podcasts, is to help you understand why you're unhappy, why you're unhappy uh, in your Christian experience. What, what is happening with you? It, perhaps it has to do with spiritual abuse or neglect. Perhaps you're disillusioned with Christianity as presented in Western culture today. Maybe you're hungry for a deeper, more experiential faith. Maybe you're just wondering and wandering, as so many of Christ's sheep are today. Maybe you're in despair. Maybe you're suffering from more severe symptoms of spiritual depression or anxiety. These are not uncommon for many people today, many Christians. In fact, it's a in my counseling practice, I've uh, discovered that it's all too common. And there's this phenomenon of the unhappy Christian with that unhappiness being tied to their Christian experience, their experience of being a Christian in the Western culture these days. Let me start out with just a text from Matthew 9:35 through 37 that shows us that this is not necessarily a new phenomenon. Jesus came to minister to that. Jesus came to save you from that. Matthew 9.35, he says, quote, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus came to a people to redeem a people. He came as a shepherd to gather his own sheep from a situation in which they were distressed, they were harassed, They were helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And that's been my experience today of many modern evangelicals, especially, is that they are like sheep without a shepherd. They lack identity. They lack a purpose. And they lack even hope tied to their Christian experience. And so what we'll be talking about in these podcasts is why that is so, and then be offering you some pastoral solutions, some pastoral guidance, some pastoral pointers to help you uh, come out of that desert, come out of that situation, and rediscover a joyful faith, rediscover a joyful spirituality. Now, it takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage for you to call into question the presuppositions of your religious tradition 
or your denomination, especially if it's a heritage for you, especially if you grew up in a religious heritage and maybe you're the second and third generation within a certain religious tradition and you've discovered uh, through your experience as well as doctrinally that there's much lacking in that environment and that it's causing you some great spiritual distress. It may be that in order for you to address your unhappiness that you're going to have to decide whether your devotion is to Christ or to your tradition. That's very common for people to have to do that today. You have to decide whether your devotion is to Christ alone or whether you're going to support some popular preacher, some celebrity pastor, or you're going to stay loyal to a, uh, a, 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 a tradition or a denomination that is obviously not serving you. So what I want to help to do, help you to do, is un, is to reframe your unhappiness. Now there's a lot of reasons for people to be unhappy, including Christians, of course. But what I will be dealing with in these podcasts is the unhappiness that's tied to your spiritual condition and how it is that you got to that spiritual condition. And I want to help you reframe that spiritual condition as being a point of discernment. In other words, you may have felt and may you may have even been told that your unhappiness means that there's something wrong with you. What I want to suggest to you today is that your unhappiness, your discontent, your your sense of lack of fulfillment in your Christian experience may just mean that there's something very right with you. It could very well mean that you are in a state of discernment, God-given discernment. And so I want to help you begin immediately in these podcasts to reframe your unhappiness, to reconsider. Now, I realize that if you've been in some kind of a spiritual environment where there's abuse or neglect or there's immorality or there's just plain old charlatanism going on, that it certainly is is overt. There are overt situations. But the majority of Christians in evangelicalism, especially today, are living with an environment that is far more covert. That, in other words, your environment looks good, sounds good. They use Christian symbols. They use Christian terminologies. They say all the right words. But you're sensitive enough spiritually that you know something's not right. Something's not something's happening and, and it's and it's troubling you. It's causing you to wonder whether you can continue in that environment. Or you're in the very difficult situation of having to um, stay in an environment where you know it's something less than Christ honoring, that you know that there there's a perversion or distortion of the gospel going on that you really can't tolerate, but you somehow feel loyal or obligated to continue. That is a recipe for depression. That is a recipe for unhappiness. Your spiritual birthright, if you are in Christ, if you are a regenerate person, I mean you've been born of the Spirit, 
is joy. You are to be a joyful person. Christ died so that you could be redeemed and that you could rejoice in your life in him. So if you're living with chronic depression, chronic anxiety, chronic sense of, of discontent with your Christian experience, that is not God's will for you. Now, I'm not saying that some kind of, I'm not referring to some kind of triumphalism as the solution or some kind of blind um, um, hyper happiness or some higher life theology. I'm talking about what what is the normative state of Christian life, and that is righteousness, peace, and joy. But many of you are living with fear, guilt, and shame instead. And I want to address that in these series of podcasts. As a pastoral counselor for many years now, I've, I see this firsthand. Uh, I see it in a way that many pastors don't see it. Uh, people quite frankly, have the tendency to shine on. And I understand there's a lot of social pressure, even within the church, to look like you're doing well, even if you're not. And so, uh, and with the lack of pastoral care available in the Western church today, it's really difficult for you not to just try to buck up and live with it. But many of you can't live with it anymore. Many of you can't tolerate it anymore. And I would suggest even this, that the state of Western Christianity is so dire, and there's so many distortions of the gospel today, that if you're happy with that, if you're you're content with that, if that works for you, then, well, quite frankly, and with all due respect, there's probably something wrong with you and not your brother or sister in the pew who is experiencing some level of spiritual depression or discontent or an unhappiness with that situation. So it's our purpose here to help you identify and come out of toxic religion, uh, counterfeit Christianity, uh, in, in its most subtle form. And I'll explain that in just a moment. Let me give a, do a little housekeeping here. First, um, I want you to know that this is not going to be a classic sermon series. I have, I'm not going to be preaching to you per se, nor is it therefore even going to be a lecture series, even though I do intend to offer you some guidance on, on uh, what it means to walk as a Christian. Nor is this a marketing platform. I don't have anything to sell you. I'm not setting up these podcasts so I can sell you my latest book. Um, Nor is it a debate forum, by the way. I'm not interested in theologians who contact me and want to just argue their points. My purpose in doing these podcasts is um, solely pastoral. I'm driven by the pastoral concerns of what I see happening in the church and how that is affecting the very real lives of people today. How that is creating a chronic unhappiness. And it's an unhappiness that people aren't necessarily free to talk about. So I want this podcast to be a point of contact for you. A place where you can at least come to and hear 
and identify and know that you're not alone and know that there is a solution. Many Christians, like the harassed sheep without a shepherd, are wandering in the wilderness today, wandering and wondering. So that's my motivation. I'm not here to create a stage to promote myself. And by the way, please don't use this podcast as a substitute for any kind of medical, psychological, or spiritual care that you are presently receiving. It's, it's not intended to be a substitute for professional care or pastoral care that you're presently receiving. Now, if it's a supplement and it helps you, then hallelujah. But don't stop any other kind of care you're receiving now and use this podcast as a substitute, at least not without professional or pastoral consent. My hope would be that you would find new hope and a new new joy and a delight by listening in that you will that the Lord will use this podcast to to help you navigate out of the wilderness that you're in and find green pasture and if that's the case it may be that you are able to um, cease or terminate some kind of treatment or care that you're receiving now if that's the case then praise God and I will be the first to rejoice with you but I'm not doing this podcast as a substitute for any care that you're not receiving. So that's my disclaimer. <laughs> so my primary purpose is to inform you and to offer you a point of advocacy. I realize in this format that it is, it is a really difficult for it to be anything but a monologue. It's, it's a one-sided conversation. I wish I could see all your faces. I wish we could have a one-on-one conversation, uh, but that's not possible, of course, in, in this format. And perhaps one day, somewhere, that will happen. But for now, I want to offer you some insight into the cause of the present phenomenon of a chronic unhappiness among Christians in this culture. And I want to provide you some pastoral guidance and teaching aimed at helping you recover, or perhaps discover, for the first time, a joyful faith and spirituality in Jesus Christ. I genuinely care for your welfare. And and part of it is not because that's a good thing for me to do. Part of it is because I've been there. I understand it. I was once a wandering and wondering Christian, and to some degree, I still am. Listen, to follow in the blood-stained footprints of Jesus is a narrow road. He said it's a narrow way that leads to life, and many and few are there are those who find it. The many are going through the big doors, the wide path that leads to destruction. And if you're not on the wide path, if you're not on the broad way, it may feel like you're something wrong with you. If you're not going along with the crowd, if you're in a mega church of three, four, five, six thousand people or more, and you feel a little isolated, you feel a little alienated, 
it would be very tempting for you to presume that there's something wrong with you, that you, somehow you're uniquely flawed. But let me assure you, that's not necessarily the case at all. So the source of our joy as believers in Christ, as those who follow Christ, is experiential intimacy with a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let me and let me say, if if you are not in that experiential intimacy, if you are not experiencing that, then you can't be anything but unhappy. Your unhappiness is simply saying that you need something you're not getting. You have an unmet spiritual need. Now, I'm not coming at this from any point of paradigm, of theological system. Uh, some might say, well, are you coming at this from a Reformed point of view? And I'm not. I'm not. Are you coming at this from, from this from an Arminian point of view? No, I'm not. I'm not coming at this from some kind of theological uh, system or some kind of tradition, traditional framework. Uh, I'm coming at this, if anything, from an exegetical position. Now, that's a big $25 word that simply means that I'm, I'm coming at it from a biblical position. I'm not here to promote my theological system or some kind of theological tradition. I'm convinced that those are the problems today, not the solutions. So, having said that, let me say it again that the source of our joy as Christians is an experiential intimacy with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as expressed within a vibrant, healthy community. Now, that's an ideal position I just described, but it is God's will for you. It is the whole counsel of God for you. So now let me just give you an overview of why most Christians aren't living there. Why most Christians are unhappy. The cause of the unhappiness. The average Christian begins their Christian experience at baptism. There they identify then with a church. And that's as it should be. The Christian life is not designed, nor is it God's will, that you live it in isolation, but within community. It's very important that you be in fellowship. It's very important that as a believer in Christ, that you not be in isolation. God has called a people into fellowship with his Son, and you are amongst those people. You are part of a holy nation, as it says in 1 Peter 2. You are, you are a people redeemed by God. You're a member of the household of God. So you are to affiliate. You are to find some local expression of the church, of the people of God, and identify with it and belong and use your spiritual gifts to serve. That is the biblical model. That's the New Testament model for your life. So salvation is personal, very personal, but it is also realized by the Spirit and worked out within 
the body of Christ. Now that's, as I say, that's the will of God. But, beloved, that is also the problem. And it's, so, and it's here, it's, it's within community. It's within the, the local fellowship that the spiritual battle is the hottest. So the new believer identifies with the church as it is. But how is it? We identify with the church in Western culture as it is, and not as we would have it to be. But how is it? What is it? What, what's going on within the church that would create such chronic unhappiness for us? Well, so the believer comes up out of the water of baptism, and they identify with the church, and they begin to attend regularly, and they begin to get involved as they should. But in the Protestant quadrant, Protestant framework, and I'm, I'm, I say Protestant because that's the, that's the paradigm from which I'm coming. I'm not even talking about that Judaized form of Christianity called Roman Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy. Those We may talk about that during these podcasts, primarily because there's this exodus now out of evangelicalism into the Roman Catholic Church and into Eastern Orthodoxy, which is a whole other phenomenon. People are seeking, Christians are seeking answers for their chronic unhappiness, their chronic lack of fulfillment in their Christian experience. And they presume that if they, if they identify with some ancient expression of the church, that they will have found what they're looking for. And I want to suggest today that that's not going to happen. The goal is not to change denominations. The goal is to walk in the Spirit, to walk in, in fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit within community, and simply switching denominations or moving out of the Protestant paradigm into a, uh, a, a Catholic paradigm does not solve your problem. So, that said, we are operating here out of the Protestant Quadrant, and what I mean by quadrant is that if you can imagine a four-point quadrant on a graph, there's liberalism up in the left-hand corner, and that defines ninety percent probably of mainline Protestantism today. So you have liberalism in one corner, dispensationalism in the other quarter. You have charismatic in the corner. And in the final fourth quarter, you have Reformed or Covenant theology. Now, so here is the new Christian, having come up out of the waters of baptism. They step into fellowship with the church in the Protestant world, and 99% chance that they have identified with one of those four quadrants of understanding or expressions of Christianity. The problem is, in Western culture, is that each one of those four quadrants that I just mentioned represent a man-made system which has been imposed upon the gospel. 
Now this is nothing new. This is this has been happening since since the ministry of Jesus, since first century Israel. When Jesus stepped out of obscurity from Nazareth and into the waters of Jordan for his own baptism, and the voice from heaven came and, and said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit descended upon him and he began his Spirit-empowered ministry. He stepped into an environment that was very much like ours today. The temple was a corrupt den of thieves. The Sadducees were using it for their own profit and their own family generational um, gratification. They weren't there to serve the people, nor were they there to serve the word of God. But Jesus stepped into an environment in which the religious situation of his day, the religious structure within Jerusalem, was defined by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and a group called the Essenes, which were promoted extreme asceticism um, and um, uh, extreme self-deprivation and abuse of the body and wilderness type of uh, approach to spirituality. And then the Herodians, which were much more a political movement. So you had these four movements happening within Israel. And Jesus stepped into that environment where that pretty much defined the religious environment. But he came into the that environment and he began to speak the word of God. He began to proclaim the kingdom of God. And he did it in the under the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that was completely new. Obviously. Clearly. He began to speak to his people. He gathered 12 disciples together. And of course, ultimately, he died to bring atonement and to save his people, his own, his sheep. He rose, arose from the dead for their justification. And he ascended into the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for them. Forty days after his resurrection, the Spirit was poured out upon uh, the church, upon the gathered people. And the new covenant era began. So it's, it's nothing new is my point. We have this, this Protestant quadrant in this, in this that are defined by the traditions of men. You can find this in Mark chapter 7, and we'll talk about that in a, in a more detail in, a, in the next podcast. We can talk about in 2 Corinthians 11, chapter verses 1 through 4, where, G, where Paul warned, warned the Corinthians about teachers who had come into the church who were preaching, believe it or not, another Jesus, a different gospel, and a different spirit. In Galatians 1, 6 through 10, a familiar passage for some of you perhaps, he talks about those who come preaching a different gospel. And he said that they were accursed. This is serious business. It's no joke. So man-made systems driven by human agendas 
produce half-truths. And because it's the truth, the whole counsel of God that sets us free and produces healing in our lives, half-truths will never do that. We live at a time in which Paul warned would be in the last days a time of powerless religion. Your unhappiness is tied to the lack of the shepherd's voice in your life. That's your spiritual condition. That's what I find is chronic, and that's the phenomenon that I see in my counseling office, is that people are, have lost a sense of the voice of their shepherd. Rather, we are living in a time, and I want to read this to you, 2 Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. These are the times that we're in. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. End quote. This is what's playing out in front of us. And how can it do anything but create unhappiness among God's people? So we want to talk about solutions in this podcast. If that's the environment we're in, and that's the church environment we're in, what Paul's describing here in 2 Timothy is the state of a state of Christianity in the last days that is devoid of the Spirit, and therefore looks just like the culture around it. When in fact, the church is designed, is intended, is empowered by the Spirit to be the temple of the living God, the presence of the living God within society, the temple of God in the midst of pagan temples, the alternative to the culture. And it's the presence of the Spirit of God within the community that we call the church that sets it apart from the surrounding culture, the surrounding paganism, and the moral decadence that defines that. But as Paul says here, when they deny the power, when they have a form of religion that denies the power, the New English translation says that they repudiate the power. meaning they repudiate the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, then all you're going to get is powerless religion with a community that in character and in practice looks far more like the culture than it does the people of God living in His holy presence, His goodness, a people of God 
who reflect the character of Christ in their interactions with each other and their ministry into the world. So we live in a day where the church's Western culture and in culture is pretty much devoid of the spirit. I think within evangelicalism, we've decided that we can be Christians without the Holy Spirit. We can have a practical binatarianism. We confess to be Trinitarian. We say we believe in the Trinity. But we practice a form of binatarianism. We believe in the Father and the Son, and we dismiss, or as Gordon Fee has stated, we actually marginalize and domesticate the work of the Spirit. Many years ago, many decades ago, A.W. Tozer wrote that if the Holy Spirit were to withdraw from most churches, nothing would change. Everything would go on the same. Whereas, if the Holy Spirit had withdrawn from the first century church, everything would have changed. They would have noticed. So what ultimately is the solution to your unhappiness is to recapture a genuine, authentic Christian spirituality. A spirituality that is defined as life in the Spirit. Let me put it this way. The central imperative, the central command that defines the Christian life is found in Galatians chapter 5, I believe it's verse 16, in which Paul says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the deeds of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the deeds of the flesh. But instead, Christians are told to do something else today. They're told to get baptized and then pay and pray to behave. They're told to tithe, which is another topic we'll discuss in this uh, podcast series. They're told make sure to keep the Sunday Sabbath, which is another topic we'll discuss in this series. But what they're not taught to do is how to live. How to walk by the Spirit and to understand the Spirit as the change agent in their life. And how that intimacy with the Father and the Son is only found in our experiential, existential walk with and in and by the Spirit. If I had my way, every time a Christian would come up out of the waters of baptism, we would look them in the eye and would say, Now walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the deeds of the flesh. So the Christian life is defined as life in the Spirit. And what we have today is uh, systems, those four systems I mentioned, that actually diminish, marginalize, or dismiss altogether what it means to be a Christian walking in the Spirit. We have a powerless form of religion in American Christianity today. Powerless to transform. They're quick to entertain you. They're quick to accommodate you. 
but they're not quick to teach you. They're not quick to pastor you. So these are the things we'll be talking about in this series of podcasts. And I'm so delighted that you've joined me. If you are not in intimate experiential contact with the voice of your shepherd, the voice of your risen Christ as as a facilitated and mediated by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you will be unhappy. You will be discontent. You will be wandering. You will be isolated. Many people have reached a point of despair where many Christians have said, you know, I don't know that I can even identify as a Christian anymore. I'm just, I'm just not sure what to do. Many of them stay home on Sundays. These are my concerns. So the solution begins by rejecting half-truths. When, you're, when you have pastors who teach from a text and they, they don't quote the whole text, maybe they do an ellipsis, you know, the, the dots, dot, 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 where they take out part of the text or they quote you text outside of its context or they're using scripture to promote their own agenda. You're dealing with half-truths. When you are being taught a a theological, man-made theological system, instead of hearing the gospel, you are dealing with half-truths. And so we have to begin by by becoming willing to at least reject those half-truths and then recover by defining what is the whole counsel of God and how do I live that. And that's what this podcast is devoted to pursuing. Helping you recover the experiential, existential intimacy with the Father and the Son through the appropriating and empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. As it's expressed within community. So let me say, let me close with this. The source of your joy is this experiential intimacy with your risen shepherd. Knowing and responding to his voice through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And to the degree that this is lacking in your Christian experience, you will be unhappy. And thank God for it. Thank God that a half-truth doesn't work for you. Thank God that being handed a theological, a man-made theological system as opposed to the whole counsel of God doesn't work for you. Thank God that the lies that preachers tell us doesn't work for you and it creates unhappiness. It's like our physical bodies. The gift of pain tells us something is wrong. And with our spiritual bodies, a level of unhappiness or discontent or even depression tells us something is simply something is wrong we need something we need some spiritual nourishment we need some spiritual um, uh, identity that we're not getting 
So let's get to work. I invite you to join me. I, I hope to do these podcasts more often than once a week, but at least once a week. So between now and the next time we have this podcast, I want to invite you to read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Will you join me in this? I'll read it with you. And read it daily. In fact, ideally, read it twice a day. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. This will be how we begin to take the steps to walk out of the wilderness back into the green pastures of our shepherd and begin to recover and again perhaps even discover for the first time what it means to live in a joyful spirituality. Read it first thing in the morning, last thing at night. And I'll be back with you, Lord willing, in the next podcast. May the Lord bless you richly, keep you in his grace, and comfort you by his presence until then. Amen.